everybody. Welcome to another Driven Hunter podcast brought to you by Matthew's Mission Crossbows. Today's a pretty special day because we are joined with my son Carson, who's 16. This is his first podcast. Are you a little bit nervous, Carson? Just a little bit. <laughs> Nothing to this. All we're going to do is BS a little bit, talk about a couple things like the season, you know, how to get, you know, kids your age more involved in hunting and fishing and stuff, but yeah, I think there's going to be some fun stuff we can talk about, and uh, hopefully you can help those that are listening out. And if you're watching, we'll also have a video version. We'll, we can show you some of the the examples that we're going to talk about today, some different stuff that uh, happened to Cars this last year. So you had a heck of a year this past year, buddy. Yeah, I did. You knocked it out of the park. Well, Carson, he's if you haven't seen Carson, he started way back in in the early days. How old were you when you first started, you figure? Well, the first hunt I went on was I was like four years old, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah we went down to John Redmond's nose jammer and we were down there hunting uh a buck we that was your very first hunt, very first time I ever took you to the field. Mm-hmm. I remembered sure. I had to carry you most of the way to the blind. Yeah, my legs didn't walk that far. We had old Donnie Hansen filming. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, I'll never forget that. I'm the swamp sh- buck. Yep, that's right. We shot the swamp buck that night, and it hooked you, didn't it? Yes, it did. That's right. And I remember when we had Carson in the blind that night, I took plenty of snacks. He was a snack hound, and he ate a lot of snacks that night, which helped keep him quiet. But every so often, we had deer out in front of us, and uh, he'd poke his head out, and he's like, Dad, I see a deer. And I'd have to you know, grab him by the collar and pull him back in the blind and say, Hey, buddy, we got to be a little quieter. But that night, the swamp buck came out, a big management eight, and we put the hammer on him. And just going up there and doing the recovery with you is you know, one of my best memories of field some people ask me, what's your favorite hunt? I, that one ranks right up there. And you still have, you have that buck mounted in your room. It's mm-hmm. kind of like your buck. Yeah. Your room is getting full, by the way. It is full. <laughs> this kid has been putting them down ever since, um, you know, with with bow and with, with guns. Yeah, I've shot more deer with a bow than I have a gun. Yeah, you sure. like bow hunting, don't yeah. you? Way more than gun hunting. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. This year, you had a great year across the boards mm-hmm. um you shot your biggest buck today did you with a bow with a bow yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was uh think you probably should thank randy baker good yeah. friend of ours because he let him come over and hunt on his farm he had a buck pretty much on a pattern and he said Carson, come over and carson has been going over there and hanging out with randy for the last couple of years anyways mm-hmm. and uh this buck come in well tell the story quick just well how I mean, it all went out like dad said I was at school the one day, and he, he was texting me, and we've been talking to Randy about this buck for a couple of weeks now, and Randy said he's had him coming in pretty good, and so I went over to Randy's after school, and me and Jared actually went down and got in the stand quick, and here he comes. He was the third deer we saw all night, and I snort wheezed him right in. It was it was awesome. Yeah, how... What made you snort wheeze? Why did you decide to snort wheeze? So we were sitting over an evolved plot, and the deer started coming in, but he was on a doe trail. He went the direct opposite way, and 
I snort wheezed about eight times. He he turned around and then went back the other way, turned around, went back the other way, snort wheezed, and here he came. Yeah, he lo- he couldn't handle that call, could he? Yeah, he came in right behind us, actually, and I shot him at like 20 yards. Yeah, it, you know, I'm still laughing about that shot because people get to see this. We're going to leave this on the footage. Um, this buck comes in, and it is, what, 10, 15 yards right below your stand? Yeah. 20 probably it wasn't very far and in the buck just naturally just stops for a second pauses to look around and then you grunt at him or bleed at him to stop him what's that about he just stopped he didn't (laughs) so you're gonna laugh when you see this this buck after you hear he stops and is looking around carson goes bat it's not the first time makes him flinch and it's just a natural reaction which i've taught you to how to stop deer but you were going to do it anyways when he was even stopped. That was, was funny. I was nervous. All right. Yeah. Nervous. Yeah, I love your reaction because you smoke him. I mean, you 12 ring the deer and he just takes off and and he's on a death run. And, and your reaction when the camera comes back to you, you're just freaking out. That was yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty wild. So, yeah. that And then uh, Randy came and helped you, you know, track him out. And, and he didn't go very far, did he? Yeah, that was my first buck with the verdicts. Yeah, what mm-hmm. what broadheads were you shooting? Uh, NAP expandables, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, you were shooting NAP, so that's pretty cool. Good job on that, buddy. Yeah, um, thank you. And then you also got to go to New Mexico this year on a youth elk hunt, which you've been there in the past. We go always, we've been going to RTO for elk youth, youth season for a long time. And you've shot one there before, back in the day, mm-hmm. probably about four years ago, probably. Yeah, four somewhere years there. ago. Yeah, you were a lot shorter then. Yeah, and, uh, quite and, a bit shorter. And uh, the use season out there is muzzleloader only, so we were using a Thompson Center muzzleloader. And uh, what happened there? Well, I mean, we only hunted four or five days, and there was elk everywhere, bugling every morning and we had a ton of encounters with bulls just every morning every night we had encounters big ones small ones i i even missed one that that was kind of chaotic situation but i got it done on the fourth day i think Uh, i think fourth morning fourth morning called him right off the hill and smoked him yeah we're just float calling kind of like we do for turkeys yeah just walking and and Andre was calling, and all of a sudden, a bull lit up and started bugling. He sounded good, you know, he sounded big, had a good bugle, and we got set up on him quick, just like a turkey, and sat down beside a tree and got the gun up and um, and got ready, and it wasn't seconds later, we could see legs coming down the hill, and I'm like, cars, you know, there he is, and, and he came into a little opening, and... and uh, um, we stopped him, and, and then he uh, looked right at us, and you smoked him. Mm-hmm. He and ran he, only like 50 yards up the hill and crashed, actually broke his tine off. Yeah, that's right. He he fell you know, kind of into the rocks and snapped one of his tines on his one side off, but it was laying right there, so that we can get that fixed. Yeah. Um, but... That was awesome. That was an awesome hunt. Yeah. One again, another one that I won't forget anytime soon. That was that was pretty cool. And you can still youth hunt this year, so you better be nice to old dad. 
you've got one year left for qualifying as a youth, and then you'll be too old. So yeah, your sister's uh, your sister Isabel. She's she's vying for that. She's uh, got title. a couple more years. Yeah, uh, if you haven't watched uh, Driven in a while, I mean, him and his sister have quite a competition going. Uh, Isabel's fourteen. Carson's 16, and uh, they're always jockeying for who gets to hunt what deer here on the farm and who gets to go on hunts and stuff. Carson usually wins out because he can film too, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And uh, this year, again, I mean, you didn't have just a great year, you know, with in front of the camera, but you had a great year behind the camera as well. I mean, you laid some awesome kills down. I told Carson that uh we made a deal at the beginning of the season is i said uh i will make you a deal i said if every great kill that you film and if the footage is good i will pay you fifty dollars but if the footage is bad and you mess it up then you pay me fifty dollars so you were thinking about that weren't you okay footage was like twenty five dollars yeah, if it, if it was in the middle, then you got 20, half the half the cost. But yeah, so you made you made it out pretty good. I mean, you laid down some great stuff this year. You yeah. filmed Ashlyn shoot her biggest deer was like a one seventy whitetail with a with a gun and uh, Olivia and Brandon. Yeah, you filmed Brandon with a with a Matthews bow. He got a really nice mature eight. Olivia got her first. Deer with a bow. That was Brandon's first buck with a bow too, I think. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, it was funny because we were gone. Nicole and I were on a trip somewhere. Every time. Every time you guys go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, time. we're gone and, and the kids are texting us, got another big buck on the ground. And we're like three bucks in five days. That was insane. Yeah, it was a it was a good year. And I mean, overall, people ask us, How how'd your season go? And I'm like I think it's our best season we've ever had. Whitetails for sure, yeah. And what we're going to talk about the season more in depth when Nicole and I do our podcast. But um, just you know, for you, you had an exceptional year, probably probably one of the best years you've had, and it might have for a while. You yeah. never know. Nicole was a late season too. Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. did. You filmed. Uh, boy, we pulled a, a rabbit out of the hat on late season, didn't we? Here at home. Yes. I hadn't shot a deer yet here at home into December, which normally Nicole and I usually shoot out early, um, but we were gone so much early season this year, we didn't give it a chance to hunt at home as much. And then the deer I was chasing that I told Carson he could not shoot, it was off limits, got shot by the neighbor, which was a 234-incher, just a monster. Um, But that's the way it goes. Anyways, I had to kind of refocus my efforts on a secondary deer, and one of the deer that we've had a long history with showed up late season, and uh, I shot him. But then Nicole had her tag open, and she hunted down to the second to last day in December before the season went out, and you filmed her shooting a really nice mature deer with her Matthews. So yeah, another great job. That was, and you you tracked it out and everything. Yeah. I was in Iowa. Yeah, I was he was gone Iowa. again. And leave it up to the bloodhound and the family, I guess. Yeah, Carson, he can smell blood. I mean, he's a blood tracker. 
No need, no need to buy a dog here and have a blood tracking dog. I got my son. He yep. can, he can track deer. He's done a great job, but yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, let's talk about something different that I know you love. What about fishing? You love fishing. I love fishing. Yeah. I mean, this kid would be a pro fisherman versus hunting any day, right? Pretty close. Yeah. We were just down in, in Lake Okeechobee in Florida and we were down there fishing for a day and, uh, he loves bass fishing and all these, uh, major league fishing people were down there. All, all the guys that, uh, he follows on Instagram and all these social handles that, that I don't even follow. Um, but he was like freaking out because he was like, Oh, look at so-and-so's trucks there and so-and-so's trucks there. And he was just freaking out and, because he's all his idols were there. He doesn't have hunting idols like his dad. He's it's all on the fishing side. Who's your favorite fisherman? I'd say Dustin Connell for sure. Yeah. Never heard of him. Who else? Um I mean there's different different people. There's major league fishing people and then there's YouTube and I mean like Jacob Wheeler, Mark Daniels Junior uh, Rob Tlerka, all those guys, yeah. Never heard of a single one of them. Sorry if if you guys are listening, but I'm just not into fishing like this guy is. Uh, but that's cool, you know, and, and uh, he's kind of got me excited more about fishing this year. He's got his own bass boat and your own truck at the age of 16. Yeah. And he's got payments that happen every month. So yep. technically he's working right now and getting paid to do this podcast. Because he owes dad some insurance money. Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk more about what you're going to get paid. You better start doing a lot more filming. That's kind of the key, I right? I do the most I can, I guess. Fishing is not going to pay the bills. Yeah, I suppose. I always say if I... Maybe had, someday. If I had to be a pro fisherman or a duck hunter, I would have went... I would have starved to death. I would have went broke. But thank God I love to deer hunt. Yeah. Um... Who's your favorite? Uh, I know you're, you know, watch a lot of this other stuff on in YouTube and stuff. Who's a couple of your other favorite guys that you like to watch a lot on YouTube for hunting or fishing? Um, well, we talked about fishing. How about hunting? Hunting, um, I mean, the juries always have good stuff. Oh, they're the best. And then, uh, crispy, crispy cream. That's what I call them. Chris B, he is he is really good content. I like like his footage and um, I mean again Rob Talerka, he's one of those fishing guys, but he does a lot of a lot of hunting stuff. Why you know I'm old school. You gotta tell me why do you like these guys so much? Why do you like watching their stuff? What's so different than watching their stuff versus watching TV? I mean, because you do it both. Yeah, I do it both, but. Um, it's more like 2020. It's not like 2005. Oh, yeah. Well, you're really <laughs> making me feel. How about how about spin the clock back to like 1990? That's when I first started. Yeah. That's VHS. I don't I wasn't even alive, so <laughs> I know, right? Uh So you just you think it's more cuz it's more like real or it's uh younger people too. I mean, it's more hip. 
you like the edit or you the like edits, the style? I like the music, the edits, and just like the flow of the video. We need to talk to our editors upstairs about that. Yeah. But I mean... Tell them to get with the times. It's this always is- good watching the old Monster Bucks videos and on a snowy day here. Well, uh, so you're saying your dad needs to be a little hipper and a little quicker. I don't know. I suppose. Got to change up the genre a little bit in the old music side of things, huh? Yeah, maybe a little bit. A little more rock and roll, a little more high energy. Is that what you think? If that's what you want to call it, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if I can morph into that or not, but uh, we'll still keep watching them, guys. I mean, like you said, look at the Drury. Yeah. The Drury's have been doing it forever. And, you know, I uh, this isn't the first time I ever got involved it, you know, besides our own digital platform, doing outside stuff this year, we did some deer cast stuff, which was pretty cool, and gave the the Drury's some content over on DeerCast. And this next year, we're going to do more. So we're pretty excited about you know, joining the DeerCast team and and giving them more content um, to use. Doing some for Mossy Oak Go as well. So, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of turning into. It's not so much TV anymore. It's going to be you know a lot more digital, just like we're doing today. Yeah, I forgot a fishing one. Brian Robson, shout out to oh, you. Oh yeah, he's the B best. B Rob. B Rob, he's an awesome guy. We done a we did a podcast with B B Rob. Yeah, Minnesota Viking B Rob. Yeah, he's uh, one of our best friends. Yeah, and he's got his own digital series. If you haven't seen it before, you need to check it out. The transition Filming. season, YouTube. What? Go check it out. It's pretty good. So you, what do you look up when you look up a YouTube-specific guy? You go on search and search their name. Uh, Brian Robinson, transition season. Take you right to it. Or just, yeah, Brian Robinson. Hey, works. I learned something new today. <laughs> You've watched them with me. I know. I, I watch it. And, you know, the filming on B-Rob's stuff is amazing. Sam Moore does that. It's, yeah. it's he does a good stellar. Job. I, I'm a little jealous, actually. Like Our guys can lay it down, though. And... uh his guy's awesome too. Like yep. I said, more contemporary, more you know, new, cutting edge looking. Uh, a lot of slow mo stuff. It's pretty cool. But that fishing stuff is that's tough work to film. A lot, a lot of work. Time goes into that to get it right. And then you got to still the fish. They they don't read the script like a whitetail either. You no. Know, like I said, I'd I'd starve to death if I had to fish. They can be up shallow, deep, on the span of a couple hours. It's. And those guys, you know, they, they operate very similar to us. I mean, they got to win tournaments and stuff like that. But some guys that don't really count on the tournament side of it as much, they're still selling endorsements and sponsorship deals. No different than us. That's how they make their money. So like Mark Zona, all those guys on the Outdoor Channel. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys on the Outdoor Channel that are big fishermen. You know, I need to get with those guys so I can learn how to fish a little bit better. Yeah. Carson tried to convince me. He said, Dad. This year, he goes, I'm going to get into collegiate fishing and do that. High school. High school and then into collegiate, you know, so he can get a scholarship. And his angle was, I need to trade my boat in and his boat in to buy a brand new Ranger, you know, a big, long, you know, 20-footer with a 250 on it or something like that that can get him to the, the fishing spots better. Great angle, right? Two Helix 10s. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get this thing all decked out. I mean, that that was his angle. 
because he wants to try to get a scholarship. Hey, you mentioned it too. So. I'm like, if he would have saw the bow I first started with, he wouldn't be complaining about what he's got. I have he, a John boat. Yeah, you got a John boat and a Ranger. 14-footer. So I think you're doing pretty good, buddy. I'm pretty proud of you. You've done an awesome job. What are you looking forward to this year? I mean, uh, I know you've been already chomping to get a lure in the water. Yeah. You got turkey season right around the corner? Yeah, I mean, turkey season's in the next couple of weeks here in Minnesota. And there's always these states, Wisconsin, Illinois, that if we kill out early, we could go to. Um, yeah, not just filming everybody I can, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. the way you get you know better. It's just practice. You got Fisher across the road. Yep. He's uh Fisher. he's our local legend. Um and Carson's been him and Fisher, they're always out filming each other and Fisher just done more missing than he's done. Oh yeah. It's like he gets you know, camera nervous for sure. You guys might even see that this year in the show. Fisher missing a couple big bucks. Missed box, he misses turkeys, turkeys he misses everything he yeah. shoots at. Fisher, Fisher. Turn the camera on and it's guaranteed to miss. He can catch some big trout, though. But Carson's getting lots of practice. Yeah, these guys, we live in a, a great part of the world up here in Minnesota for, you know, being an outdoorsman for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so right now you're off of school. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why we're doing this podcast today. Coronavirus has got you completely on vacation. Shucks. And the turkey season is going full swing in Florida. We should get in the car and drive our rear to Florida right now. Yeah, we should. Because we could go shoot something. We could, yeah. Th- throw the decoys and calls in there and, and the brownings and let's go. How's that sound? Long drive, that, but... As soon as we get done with this podcast, we'll go back and we'll tell Nicole we're leaving. Yeah, we'll go pick up Fisher. Yeah, we... We'll go pick up Fisher. Take Fisher to Florida, huh? Yeah. We, well, we might That's not That's a wanna, fish out of water. We might not want to scare the turkeys away. So one other question I had for you, Cars, we've been talking about a lot of things today, but you know, one of the most important things is getting youth involved in the sport of hunting, fishing, just out being an outdoorsman. Um, what kind of advice do you have for you know, kids that are, are looking to get started, um, looking to start bow hunting? You know, you can talk about a, a lot of different things, but how's the guy get started in you know, just going out and starting hunting? Well, I mean, lots of kids, well, pretty much every kid my age doesn't have the platform, I'd say, of having like you and Nicole in the industry already and just having all these people. So, I mean, there's a ton of ways you can get started. I mean, bow hunting, you can go to your local store, and I'm sure they have... Like a, a Shields? Bow. Yeah, a Shields or... Archery Headquarters or somewhere like any that. Any bow shop, I'm sure they have affordable used bows that you can get started with and just shoot as much as you can. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Just practice, practice, practice. And the more you shoot, the better you'll get. It's just... I yep. mean, for bow hunting, that's how it goes, so... Right, and you you started with a bow. I mean, you started shooting a mission bow, which was an affordable bow made by Matthews that really was to fit your size. I mean, you weren't shooting on a big adult bow then. You were shooting a, shooting a real short bow that was adjustable, draw lengths and, and weight. So 
that was a bow that kind of grew with you, which is important is, is, you know, if you're seven, eight years old, your parents might say, well, I don't know if I want to buy that bow because next year you're going to be outgrowing it. Well, buy one that is adjustable. Yeah. I mean, I shot that bow from, I was 10 to 14 or 15 until I got that stoke. But I mean, I shot my first deer. I think when I was, was a mission craze. Yeah. And then you went to a mission Stoke. Matthew Stoke. And there, then yeah. Matthew Stoke. And then you went to, where are you shooting this year? I'm shooting the Verdicts this year. This last year was my first year shooting it, and I love it. It's so smooth. It's, it's quite awesome. a difference, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, that's a machine. Fast. Very fast. And you're a lefty. Lefty power. So, yeah. Um, well, that's that's good advice. Lot, just practice. Get, yeah. Get started. Um, what if, what if a guy doesn't have the ability, say your parents are non-hunters and, and you want to, want to do it. What, what's a person do? I mean, take. Find like, somebody that does do it, right? Yeah. I like mean, the guy down the street at go, go talk yeah. to him, see if he'll take you, right? There's land everywhere. Even if it may not seem like it, there's people, there's public land, there's just about everything. Just like one of my buddies, like his parents don't hunt and. He got a bow this year, and he shot and shot and shot, and I took him out, and we didn't get one, but he it hooked. He's, yeah, he's, he's hooked. hooked to it. That's for sure. So, yeah. so find find a buddy in school that does do that. I I did the same thing, you know. Uh, actually, um, not a lot of people know this. If if anybody, um, actually, a girl got me started, really in the outdoors. That's surprising. Kim McHugh. It was her name, and uh, and she, you know, her grandparents always took her, um, her, her, and uh, she was just hooked on it. And then, since we were neighbors, she's like, "Why don't you go with?" So I started going with, and next thing you know, I started liking it. So if you don't have somebody that will take you, just ask around, find somebody, you know, and, and somebody will be in your area that would, you know might help you and, and take you under their wing and teach you and mentor you. And the filming side of it, too. I mean, there's all these different platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, just all these different platforms you can go off of. And you could go on Amazon and find a camera that will record decent footage. I mean, it doesn't have to be... GoPros. Like a, yeah, GoPros even. I mean... That's just a way to get started, like make a YouTube channel or something and just film as much as you can, just like shooting your bow. Like the past two years, I've probably filmed 80 plus sits already. And just anyone, I'm like, let's go. I'll take, I'll bring the camera along. Let's go. Just practice. Yeah. And I can, I can already see the difference from last year to this year. Like it's totally different just from being in the tree all the time yeah and practicing that's yeah. good advice i mean and i get that question we a lot when we go to shows is how do i get started nowadays i'm like well that's a lot different answer than it was 10 years ago because 10 years ago there was no digital platform there yeah. was no youtube but now of course i mean you can pretty much go to national exposure immediately by just creating your own account and posting your own videos and it's so easy to edit stuff now on the desktop 
and on your computer at home versus the old days you had to have this big elaborate expensive system so you can just get started re- relatively easy and in- inexpensively so yeah great advice is just to to get started and i always tell people you never know where it'll take you but if you never start you're never going to get there yeah exactly so you're done a great job you know moving that that quality up over yeah. the last year and i'm proud of you and i can't wait to see you know what's going to happen this next year i might i actually might bump you up to about 60 bucks a, if it's good if i get lucky it's a raise right yeah i mean every dollar counts i guess yeah right it's another crankbait in the box yeah, exactly so well i appreciate you uh joining us today and uh I'm sure we'll be posting more more of Carson's exploits in the near future. But, uh, yeah, your first podcast is in the history books, buddy. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, Carson, I appreciate you joining us today. So your first podcast is in the history books. Yeah. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that on YouTube or iTunes, and uh, we'll be having more exciting podcasts at Driven Hunter down the road. For sure.